On this episode of Self Love Ignited, I am interviewing Samantha Kelgren. We are talking all about her journey of overcoming orthorexia, learning to love the journey of self-discovery, and also how she reclaimed her fertility so that she was able to have a child after losing her period for quite some time. Samantha helps driven women slow down so that they can ditch stress without guilt. She works with them to combat self-doubt, welcome self-compassion, and to help them stop shooting themselves all the time. This is a really wonderful episode. Samantha has a beautiful energy about her. Jump on in. My name is Katie Allen, and this is Self Love Ignited. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Self Love Ignited. Samantha, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you here with me today. Why don't you just take a minute and introduce yourself to everybody before we get into the good stuff? Yeah, Omar, thanks for having me. And I love just you saying the name of the podcast is like, God, it's the perfect name. <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, so my name's Samantha. Um, I live in, I'm living in Asheville, North Carolina now. We were in Chicago for 10 years and the fact that it's raining and not getting like feet of snow is actually kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> spring is actually going to come soon um but yeah but I'm god I'm a mom to a toddler he just turned three so life is hectic I'm so glad we we're able to connect and like schedule something so quickly to be on here because I'm super excited to talk about this um really I'm a I'm a health and mindset coach and I feel like when I say that that can be interpreted in any <laughs> any variety of ways um but basically what I help with is women to kind of slow down without guilt. I help them live the life that they want to accomplish the things that they want without feeling like they, oh my God, should be doing, right? All the things they should be doing um, and feeling guilty over that. I help them say, no, this is, this is what I want to do with my time and I feel good about it. That's amazing. Yeah, those shoulds, they like, they follow everybody around, don't they? Yeah, yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> So this podcast, you know, we're all about self-love and telling the stories of women who have come from either not liking or not loving parts of themselves to really like embracing all different parts of themselves. And this, of course, looks different for everybody. And I would love to hear a little bit about you and your story. So why don't we sort of go back to the beginning? Tell us a little bit about your challenges and, and how they began. Yeah, God, it's so, it's like, hmm, what story, <laughs> what way do you tell different stories, right? Um, but, I, and I know when we talked, it was what came up for me at first, you know, listening to your show and hearing what you talk about, you know, we can't help but think of what is my story or, you know, how does this relate to me? What would I be telling if I, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I do that all the time if I'm listening to a show is what story would I tell or what would I say about this topic? Um, and for me, it was like many women, I know pretty much all the ones I work with, it started with kind of diet culture, but it wasn't that it, it's so intertwined with, I love exercise. I love to run. I was into long distance running for many years. Like I said, I lived in Chicago. It is flat and easy to run for long distances um, and, and loved the sport, but noticed it got to be, um, to the point of feeling guilty if I didn't all those shoulds, right? If I didn't get a certain number of miles a week um, and that I was tying how much I worked out to how much I ate, which seems very normal. I mean, we see it in 
magazines, we've seen all over Pinterest, right, of like, eat this slice of pizza and, and run this many minutes or something. Like they equate it for us. Um, but I was very dependent on that. Like, and I didn't realize it wasn't healthy because it was, you know, oh, well, we should be aware of how many calories we eat. And like, you know, looking at nutrition um, instead of just how can it fuel me, but okay, how can I manipulate it and to staying thin? I've always been um, I was on the thinner side, thinner to average side, just naturally, but it became, okay, I'm afraid to gain weight, you know, and I'm going to use running to you know, I, I love it. I still love running, but I was also using it as a way to stay thin. Um, and I, and I knew that because it was okay. Looking back now, especially there were days that I didn't feel like running. Um, I was, you know, getting over a cold or getting over a sickness or still kind of sore. And I would push through and do it anyway, because the guilt was driving me. And it was very hard to let go of. And I didn't really realize it until um, I had totally lost my period. I went off the pill. Um, I thought, I didn't know I had lost it because I was on the pill, which, which masks it. Um, but I totally lost it. And that was like this red flag of, oh, you're not just on the thinner side. Like you're, you're not getting a period. Like the something is, is wrong. This is too much. Um, and it wasn't just able to switch it off. I wasn't just able to say, okay, well, I'll, I'll run less or okay, well, I'll gain weight. Um, it took some work to do that. I identified as a runner. Okay. If I'm not running this many miles, if I'm not entering races, am I a runner? You know, all these questions came up that it was kind of surprising um, and, and had to tackle those because we really wanted to start our family. Right. So you were, were you a teenager when this started or were you already Oh no, I'd say it was, I started running in college. So maybe it was like control there. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know how much it really affected, you know, I've really, and maybe I just can't remember, honestly, <laughs> um, it's like I'm 36, but really in, you know, post-college, um, you know, 20s, late 20s, early 30s of getting more into running and hey, this is a thing I can control. This is something that I like to stick to the schedule. It feels good. There's a lot of unknowns, right? And my God, mid to late twenties of just getting career established and all of this. And, you know, I feel like it was more of a, it kind of, it kind of intensified over time, I think, looking back. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you, when, when all this was happening on the outside and you sort of had this realization of like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, I've taken it sort of too far, so to speak. What mm -hmm. was happening on the inside? Like, what was the, what was the feelings? What was like your internal self-talk like during this time? Do you remember? Yeah. And I've talked about this with, with some friends and, and clients before is, is that gray area of, well, I don't have an eating disorder. Like I was not too thin. I wasn't, you know, it's like I would still drink on the weekends. I was not denying like I, no food was like, oh my God, I cannot eat that. I wasn't purging. I wasn't binging. Like I didn't have this extreme version of it. It was what they call orthorexia of like, well, I, I like to eat really healthy and I feel bad if I don't. Um, and so it was having to talk myself through it's okay <laughs> to eat more than you plan. It's okay. I had all these kind of, which many women do and don't realize it, all these food rules, right? Of I don't snack between meals or I don't eat 
dinner after a certain time or, you know, all these little things. Um, I only eat out on the weekends once a week, or I only, you know, just all these little things that we haven't ever written down. It's not even in a diet plan. It's just, we kind of create them over time. And so addressing those, when I would get to the point of, okay, I need, I have to gain weight. Like I need to gain weight to get a period back that my body fat was too low. That is something objectively that is going to, is going to help me come through this being in the grocery store and going for the, when I would always get the like non-fat yogurt, I always bought non-fat. Why would you get fat in it, right? I'm gonna get non-fat. Being there and making that choice of, okay, it feels scary to get whole fat (laughs) because we have this fear of fat. We have this fear of carbs that's installed in us. Um, Being in that decision and thinking, no, this is, you know, this is just a, a fear. I'm not going to gain 10 pounds overnight. Even if I did, that's actually what I need to do. So here's my step to do that. And so it's taking that opportunity instead of seeing it as, oh, I'm forced to do that. It was, okay, this is really, this is a new way to train. I was so used to, um, you know, and I work with like type A women. It's like, I don't even know if that's a great term, but honest to God, that's how they describe themselves. So I don't feel bad about it. But like, we like a training plan. We like a plan. We like rules to follow that we don't have to come up with ourselves. We know if we have broken it, we know if we had stuck to it. Following a marathon training plan is, you know, you're running this many miles in this many days. So I had to look at it as like, I'm training for a different body. The body type I have right now is not fertile. And to get to a fertile body, this is my different training plan. It is running less, it is doing more yoga, and it is gaining more fat. And so to switch it and how I looked at it, instead of this is something I have to do, it was like, no, this is just a different form of training. This is just a different body type that I'm going for. Yeah, and that's such a, that's a really, like, that's a really healthy way of doing it. Like, that's a really beautiful reframe in your mind of, I'm not losing something. It's, I have a new goal that I'm working towards. And what are the steps I need to take to get there? I mean, I, it was not instant, <laughs> let's be clear, <laughs> right? But, but yeah, it was because it was like, I think when it comes down to it, it was weighing that different. Okay, do I want to continue doing what I'm doing because I'm afraid of gaining weight or do I want to heal my body? Clearly, I want to heal my body. So in those moments when it feels scary and it was just scary because it was unknown. How much do I have to gain? Well, no one can tell you that you're going to figure it out. <laughs> so going through that with this mindset and thought of, okay, well, the other option, if I don't do this is staying where I am and I'm not happy where I am. So the only thing left is to move forward with it. Right. So what did you talk us through some of like the actual things that you did so other than you know going to the grocery store and like choosing the full fat version of something which is sort of like a a really um like basic one like what like did you work with a professional did you start like meditating did you journal a lot like what what were the actual physical things that you did that helped you right right um i am (laughs) to a fault which now it's like now i hire coaches i was like one of those people that I can figure out by myself. <laughs> um, and, and I do have that mindset. I mean, I was, I was health coach. I was personal training at the time. So I was not new to like health and fitness. So one coach also. And so it was like, okay, this is, this is a 20 to learn how to, how to overcome, right. What mindset shifts can you make? What can help me do that? Um, and one of them, I found the book, uh, no period now, what, 
and it's about it's hypothalamic amenorrhea. So it was really um, scientific. The approach there is okay. Here's what's going on. It really helped me to know, not just oh, you need to gain fat, you need to gain weight. It was okay. This is what is happening in your brain when you don't have enough body fat. And it was like okay, now I can see it as like an overall picture of how my body is communicating with my brain, like the brain function that is shut down my reproductive system, how do I wake that back up? And it really just helped to look at more of a, um, almost like logistics, I guess, of like exactly what is going on. How is this helping? Um, and with the mindset stuff of just it being hard, you know, I would look back and think, okay, what, you know, I want to, if I wanted to stay where I am now, or once I started gaining some weight, or once I was, you know, my times were getting, so I wasn't running as much, so I don't feel as fast. And anytime I would feel bad about that, it was, okay, let's look back at where I was. And if I want to go back there, let's think of what was not so great about then. Because we have these rose colored glasses, right? We look back at, oh, I was so thin, but we don't remember, oh, I was really stressed if like someone sprang dinner on me, or I thought of how could I get out of brunch with friends because I'd already eaten out that week. Like that wasn't fun. I don't want to do, <laughs> I don't want to go back there. And so to think of it in ways of, okay, what wasn't so great? What am I actually ready to leave behind? Um, and knowing that, okay, if this is the biggest fear is gaining weight and I'm going to do it and confront it, like, maybe it's not that bad. And it was not bad. It was not that bad. And I think just seeing like, as the further you go, knowing that you just have to do it for yourself. And that's why I like sharing the story, because it does help people start that process if they're in it, even if you haven't lost your period, but even if you're listening and you're like, oh, I am kind of obsessive about this or something, hearing someone else share that and say, hey, I know you're going to be scared, but on the other side of it, it's not as bad as you are picturing right now kind of gives that little boost of like, okay, okay. I can like, let me try this for myself. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's why, that's why this podcast is here, right? It's like, mm -hmm. as soon as we see somebody else who has already sort of tackled this thing that we're currently looking at and going, I don't know if I can do that. When you hear somebody else who's done it and come out the other side and it's like, it wasn't that bad. You can do it too. Like it changes everything. It really Oh does. my God. Yes. Yes. Because they, and, and they think that, oh no, my fears are different or you understand. It's like, but it's all the same. It's all, <laughs> it's all the same kind of hesitation to, to change. And, and even if your story is not like mine at all, right. To change anything that we're just afraid of this unknown to be like, okay, but what if it's better? And the thing is, if it's not better, you can go bad. Like <laughs> if it turns out it isn't as good, like you can, nothing is permanent. And so to keep that in mind of like, I mean, with our bodies, like our body, it would be weird if our bodies didn't change, right? So like <laughs> get used to it changing, right? And, and to be okay with that. It's uncomfortable because we don't know how we're gonna end up or what's gonna happen, but no matter the regardless. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so as you were like going through this process of exercising a bit less or like changing the type of exercise mm -hmm. you were doing, eating a bit more, reframing what this sort of was and dealing with these mindset blocks as they came up, what was happening? Um, again, I'm going to ask the same question. What was happening inside? What was the, like, how did your relationship with yourself change 
Oh, that's a really good question. How did it change with myself? Um, I think I started trusting myself more of, okay, like you can do this. I was just giving myself pep talks in the heart of like, this is worth it. And so being my own cheerleader and, and also knowing that I, I needed to, to find other people. Like when I found that book, there's a lot of testimonials and now there's a Facebook group. Honestly, don't remember if there's a Facebook group when I, and this was like four years ago. Um, and finding other people that would understand because if you're going through something that is very specific, um, other people might empathize, you know, they might feel sympathy for you, might empathize with you, but they aren't speaking the same language. And so to find those people that did speak that same language was really helpful to connect in that way. And something else now, even like, as I was going through it, so we did IVF, we ended up going through IVF as I was making these changes. Mm -hmm. And I noticed sharing that story and then supporting other women going through it too helped me, <laughs> you know, helping support, oh, hey, I found this great resource, or this is a great podcast, which is why I do my coaching now. But when I would find something that was helpful to me to share it with someone else, like doubled it, it just made it feel like, okay, I, I'm figuring this out, I'm figuring this out for me, and I am able to support a friend or, you know, it's crazy when you start sharing different stories, um, even if it's not like, oh my God, this was a struggle, but just saying, hey, this is some, something that happened to me. Um, you never know. A really good friend could have experienced the same thing, but you're not, you don't really know how to talk about it or bring it up. Um, or, you know, oh yeah, my, my best friend's sister is going through that. Can I connect you? Um, so that kind of strengthened me to kind of commit to what I was doing, you know, now it's not even just me. It's, you know, I'm sharing this, like I'm talking to other people about this. I have to kind of stay on track. Yeah. Oh, that's gorgeous. I love that. This journey that you are on, that you've been on, that you are still on, because let's face it, this is a lifelong uh -huh. thing, right? Like there is no end point. <laughs> right. Would you call this, like, do you identify with the term self-love? That because, and I ask this, I, I ask this of all my guests because self-love can be a challenging thing for a lot of people. It can feel like sort of a hard to grasp. Mm -hmm. So I always like to ask, you know, do you identify with self-love? Is this like, was it more self-discovery or self-respect or self-trust? Like what term feels the most true for you? Oh, I really like the term self-discovery. Um, Cause I think self-acceptance makes me think of the word tolerance, like, you don't love it, but you accept it. And, and maybe you have to get to that point before you can get to the self-love. Mm -hmm. And I think the self-discovery also can like self-love, I feel like would be the end goal. Right. And you have to go through this kind of more acceptance just to kind of bridge that gap and looking at it as self-discovery makes it okay. This is, I'm learning. <laughs> this is a learning experience. I'm going to continue learning right at every stage. I'm going to continue learning my pregnant body getting, you know, postpartum body that was all discovering like different forms of myself and how can I feel feel best because I feel like I equate self-love with with truly loving where you are and and that is it's like my favorite thing to talk about because we all have goals that we want to get to but if you can even if there's something you're trying to change about yourself if you can still love yourself where you are even as you're changing it okay I'm working on changing this thing whether it's 
physical or emotional or how you respond to people or habits that you do, if you can still say, hey, but I still love how I am now. I'm just like looking to get to this other spot instead of, oh my God, I have to change this. This, this thing is awful about me. Um, that's kind of what comes to mind if self-love is that's the ultimate, can you love where you are, even if you're trying to change where you are? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got it. You've got it. <laughs> well, one thing that um, I know, you know, you said that you're, you're a mom to a, a three-year-old. Is that how? Yeah, new, yeah. Very newly three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my niece is about three and a half. So I, mm-hmm. I know that, that I'm not, a, I'm not a mother, but I am a very proud auntie. And um, that age, you know, like the terrible twos into the threes, I always like to equate self-love with like caring for a child of about that age. It's like they have their hard days and they have temper tantrums and they are like, sometimes they scream and they yell and they fight you because they're discovering their personality and they're growing and they're changing like almost every day. And you absolutely love them and would do anything for them at any stage, right? Like you you don't reject them because they're not 10 years old yet. You don't reject them because they're having a temper tantrum. <laughs> you love them through the process and that's what helps them grow. Oh yes, that's so beautiful. Cause if you fight them on it, it's gonna last longer. It's not gonna end well. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, there's something when he is having a tantrum or just, you know, being really picky about something, I will tell him, you are so good at being two, you know, you're so good at being three. Like, this is exactly what I was told. And, you know, it's like, he's great at it. There's, you know, there's the most ridiculous things of, you know, crying because I cut the piece of toast in half is like, oh my God, why does this matter? But it's like, no, this is, this is who you are right now. And this is, it'd be weird if you weren't doing this, you know, it'd be weird if you weren't like, these are milestones. And soon, I just told my husband the other day, it's when we, we put our dog in the back of the car to travel and he, Owen has to be the one to hit the button to open and close the door. Or like there is a crime meltdown if he's not going to do that. And, you know, it happened yesterday. I was like, you know, we need to write this down because we, we think we're going to remember, but we're going to forget that, oh, there was this whole long period of time that was part of our routine. And, you know, um, almost can you appreciate it now of this is going to be gone. And so, you know, applying that, like you said, to yourself of, I, I get to learn this about myself. I, I get to choose to figure out the tools that are going to help me, whether it's, you know, listening to podcasts, reading books, having a coach, all, all of the above. I get to choose how I can grow from this and recognize that I'm not a bad person because I'm not there yet, <laughs> but I'm an amazing person because I'm realizing this is something I want to work on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about the journey. It's like, it's mm-hmm. totally about the journey. Yeah. It's so cliche, but it's the most true thing <laughs> ever because if you're only setting goals, I mean, that's the thing. If you're only setting goals and you're only focused on that thing, you're not going to, you're going to get there. And then it's going to be, well, this is part of my journey now. So what's the next thing? And you're just never going to stop. And you can still set those goals. Like, oh my God, it's amazing to set and accomplish something. That is what I hope people do, but to do it in a way that you can enjoy the way there and not be totally set back if you don't get it or not be totally set back that you're not there yet, that it's taking too long, you know, to enjoy what you're doing um, as you're working on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you have come a long way in your journey from 
woman depriving herself, stressed about food, stressed about exercise, to now being a mom of a three-year-old and having much more like openness and fluidity and, um, you know, just like flexibility, I guess is, is a good word. Yeah, yeah. In your life. So how, like this, this beautiful path that you have walked, how has this affected your mental health? Because I think that's something that we don't talk about enough in the like health and well-being space is how all of these things affect our mental and our emotional health. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be crazy if it didn't affect you at all. Right. Um, I think that it's definitely helped me find ways to, to not only manage stress, but to understand what is stressing me out and does it actually have to, because I think I was holding on to a lot of stress because, and, and I just noticed it transferred to career, to my coaching business of, okay, now I'm not obsessed with this other thing, okay, well, I have to be the most productive I can be, right? Any moment that he is in um, his school program, any moment he's there, I need to be working. Um, when he's napping on the weekends, I should be getting work done. And it was like, oh, this isn't fun. This is feeling like that obsession of, I'm gonna feel guilty if I don't work for an hour and, and realizing, oh, okay, this is that same thing. What can I do so I don't feel this way? What do I like doing? I like reading. Okay, I'm going to start reading more. How can I work that in to take care of to take care of myself? And I think that is, I mean, essential. You know, we we hear all the time. You can't say it enough, right? That taking care of yourself and time for yourself to do what you actually want to do is essential to your mental health, or you will burn out. And that I think it's a um, like it's a clinical term now, burnout. It's a like, not like it wasn't real before, but now it is recognized <laughs> as people are burning themselves out. And so that is a mental health crisis. If you are not taking that time to say, no, I am creating the stress I don't need in my life. I can, how can I manage that for myself? So it's not happening to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this journey, you know, you're talking about work and stress stress of work and the pressure on yourself and learning to let that go so I would love to know how has this journey of self-love or self-discovery in your mm -hmm. case like you said that term feels most true how has that affected your path to being a business owner to being an entrepreneur to sort of having your own business and being a mom like look tie those pieces together for us oh yeah um I feel like I've changed so much over the past you know COVID <laughs> I feel like I've really, it's like, when did this start? Um, when I was feeling that stress or unsure in my business, it was, why doesn't this feel good? Why am I confused? And it was, oh, I'm trying to put myself and brand myself as someone that, not that I'm not, but just in a way that wasn't authentic to me. And it was looking at it as, oh, I am presenting myself as, okay, I'm going to tell you what to do and follow these steps, but that's not me. I like, I only work one-on-one -on -one because I like talking to people and figuring out where they are and how can I help them move forward and supporting instead of directing. And once I looked at exactly who I want to work with, which is people like me, <laughs> and there's a lot of us, um, and I find them by doing these podcasts, I will have women contact me. It's like, oh my God, I, I feel exactly like you're feeling. I feel like I was crazy. My friends don't understand. Mm -hmm. um, and recognizing like, oh, that is who I want to work with. 
okay, how do I want to work with them? Oh, I just want to do one-on-one coaching. Let's stop making programs. And it became more fun. It was that discovery of how, you know, I was looking at the shoulds of what should my coaching business look like? What are other people doing? And transform it to what do I, how do I want to spend this time? Um, And, you know, looking at at, my son is in a um, school program three mornings a week. Mm -hmm. And I could always, I could add more if I need to, but I want to keep that I've got enough clients that I love working with, but I'm not ready to add days to that. So once I get full with that, um, I'll either do a wait list or then I'll do programs. Um, but being able to make it fit how I want to live and making that be my choice and say, oh, well, what if, you know, before it would be worry. Well, what if I get so many, I don't have the time. Oh my God, then I have to, can we afford to, and all these worries instead of, hey, what do I want to do? Well, I really like how it is now. I like spending half my time with them and then half the time working on my business. And I want it to be done in a fun way. I want to enjoy, I want it, and I look forward to it now. It's not things that I have to do. <laughs> yeah, it's such a huge shift. It is a huge shift. And I'm now I'm working with the people I want to work with. I mean, it's amazing. I like, Last week I got um, signed a new client. I told my husband, like, oh my God, she's perfect. <laughs> it's like we're dating or something. I'm like, she is just who I want to work with. And that's just confirmation of, hey, what I'm putting out there is so authentic to me and so resonates with the people I want to work with that they're finding it. And I'm not stressed about, you know, oh my God, what's the best way to get out there or what should I be saying? It's, no, what thoughts are in my head <laughs> and how do I help people? I'm going to write about that and, and they're going to find it if it's meant for them. And it relieved so much, so much stress and made it so much more enjoyable and easy. I mean, I have my friends saying like, do you have time for yourself? Because your content, I'm seeing your content everywhere. I'm like, I'm repurposing smartly and I'm writing blog posts I want to write. So it's not, I'm not dreading it. I'm writing it in like an hour because I know what I want to say. (laughs) Yeah, it's a massive difference when you do things because you love it versus like, Mm. oh, I have to, somebody told me to. And like, that's not, that's not honoring yourself. That's not respecting your wants and your needs and your desires. Like, uh, uh. it's so true. And, and just, I think what shows it like so quickly is I'm not, you know, I might look up something for a reference or to link to something in a blog post, but I'm not looking, what should I say about this? because the only reason I'm writing about it is because I have something to say about it. So I don't need, you know, it's nice to support if I have a fact, obviously, but I'm not looking for others' opinions. It is, no, these are my opinions. Here's some other stuff if you want to read about that. But like, this is what I have to say. And this is why I'm saying it. And this is how it affects, how it has affected me and how can it, it can affect you. Yeah. So if there is somebody listening who is maybe where you were a few years ago, maybe they are realizing that there is maybe a bit of an obsession with exercise or with food or like an unhealthy stress surrounding it. And they are sort of thinking like, maybe, maybe it's time that I took a step. Maybe I did something. Is there one um, like practice or exercise or one thing that you would recommend for them to help get them started? Uh, there's so many. I think a really powerful one is, and it sounds so big, but it's really knowing the more you can know yourself and your values, which sounds so like out there, 
but really write down what you think your values are. And, you know, maybe you're writing family or friends or whatever. Um, and then look at how you spend your time. And if you wrote friends are a, are a high value, I value my friendships, which I'm sure that you do, but the last five times in a row, they've asked you to do something. You've said, no, I have a gym class or no, no, I can't, or you've brought in your own food <laughs> or you've, you know, you're not going because there's going to be alcohol and you don't want to drink that night. Then you, you really aren't valuing your friendships over that. And it's, it's hard, it can be hard to look at, but if you're really honest and look at, okay, what are, what do I want to value? And how am I spending my time? And you're gonna to need to, to make adjustments. Okay, what am I doing with my time, with my days that are true to that and that are getting me closer to living that way? And what is taking me away from that? And that can really help you look at the actions. Like I said, with being at the grocery, if my if I value, you know, wanna start a family and that's a big priority for me, and I know that gaining weight and healthy fats are what's gonna increase my fertility, then that action of buying non-fat is taking away. The action of buying whole fat is a very small thing, but it just goes to show you have all of these daily actions. And when you can really look at it on paper, what do I say I value? What do I think I value? But how am I spending my time? You're gonna see where you can make those small shifts. I love that exercise because it's it's really <laughs> like simple and tangible, but also will really hold the mirror up. To like yeah you, you, you got to be honest yeah, yeah you have to be honest with that or it's not going to work like, and when you're doing this know that no one else is going to see this paper you know you're writing those values down just know that even if it's painful even if you're like good i feel guilty for writing that no one else is going to see it and this is the only way you're going to shift if you can like see it and look at no actually i don't want to spend my time that way i don't like that i'm spending my time that way i feel like i have to though and that's when you're going to enlist more help if you feel like i don't I don't think I can do this, or I think I can do it for two weeks and I am going to run back. <laughs> That's when you're looking for other resources to kind of help you through. Right. Right. Okay. That's beautiful. I love that. Now, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, is there anything else you would like to add? Anything else that feels important that we haven't talked about? Any other bits of wisdom? Um, the floor is yours. Oh God. I think, and I can say it a thousand times, I don't care how much you read it, but it's really as much as you can practice gratitude, um, it's going to help you stay present. It's going to help you enjoy the journey. And that in itself sounds vague. So something I like to do is as I'm going to sleep at night, instead of thinking of what I didn't get done or worrying about, usually it's worrying about tomorrow. Okay. Trying to logistically plan out in my head or what's most important. I do a little highlight reel and I just think of what were my favorite parts of the day? Like what made me laugh? What made me smile? When I feel relaxed, just think of them. You can say them out loud. You can write them down. But if you just go through that in your head, this little highlight reel, like a little montage of best parts of your day, maybe even just pouring your coffee, going on a walk. Um, that's a great way to practice gratitude. And you're just focused on what was good about my day, what is good about my life. And it's crazy the stuff we will overlook if we don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. That's perfect. Okay, Samantha, that I think is it for us at the end of our time. <laughs> it like flew by. <laughs> I know, I know. And I feel like I could ask you so many more questions, but in the interest of not making this like a three hour thing. Right. <laughs> um, I think we'll wrap it up there, but 
I have really enjoyed talking to you and hearing all about your story and your challenges and how you've overcome them. And you're just such a beautiful, happy personality. You have such a gorgeous energy about you. And I can just tell that you've really come a long way and that you really are, you're living this. These aren't just words that you're speaking. This is your truth. And um, oh, that is the biggest compliment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I've just, I really loved having you here. So thank you so much for coming and sharing your time with us and sharing your story. And I really appreciate you. Thank you. All of the links mentioned during the episode are down in the show notes. Please make sure to go on over and check them out. Also, please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And I would be forever grateful if you would go on over and leave us a review on iTunes as well. That's going to help this message reach more women. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Here is to you loving yourself.